You're listening to Fintechs, A, eh? a podcast that explores the innovations and challenges in Canada's fintech landscape. My name is Sue Britton. I'm the CEO of Firefly Gross and an entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience in the financial industry. I also serve on the FinPay Committee and I'm an advisor for Holt Exchange. Join us as we sit down with industry leaders, trailblazers, and pioneers to discuss their journey, the evolution of fintech, and what's next for Canada's ever-dynamic fintech ecosystem. Welcome to another edition of Fintechs A, uh, and today my guest is none other than the uh, CEO and founder of Flinks, um, Hi. <laughs> YG. You probably need to, I mean, I don't know how many people still call you YG, but I feel, you know, um, since I think I met you in your first year of <laughs> of existence, at least as a business, um, I can call you that. But um, please introduce yourself. Yeah, for sure. So my name is uh, Yves Gabriel Lebert. As you said it, uh, everybody calls me YG simply because it's uh, way too hard to pronounce in English, uh, Yves Gabriel. Um, so I'm, as you said it, uh, once again, I'm going to and see up things. And you founded the company in 2016. Incorporated in 2016, yeah. yeah. Incorporated, Relaunched yeah. In 2017, yeah. In 2017, wow, wow, how far you guys have come. So why don't you um, uh, like tell us, you know, kind of what it is that you do? For sure, and I, I can also uh, perhaps uh, do a 90 seconds about the history of things. Um, awesome, but. Uh, Ultimately, what we do today is that uh, we connect financial institutions to software companies. So we move the data behind the behind the scene, uh, and we also started more recently uh, helping financial institutions share their data with those companies more easily. So ultimately, what we see uh, ourselves having today at Flinks is a network, a bit like uh, Visa or Mastercard. Uh, so we have uh, hundreds of uh, fintechs that are using our products today. Uh, and then we have hundreds of banks that are connected to, uh, to Flinks. Um, and what we found out is that the more we help those banks uh, better distribute their data to the fintechs, the better it gets for the fintechs, the bank's customers, but also the banks. Um, so that's kind of like the, 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 that pivotal moment that we've reached where there is a win for everybody um, to collaborate, uh, and we try to be that middleman that helps everybody collaborate. But uh, perhaps on, on the history of Flink, um, so first and foremost, I think a lot of people are asking are asking me uh, about the, the origin of the name, uh, which stands for financial links. Um, so ultimately, uh, in the, the core product that we wanted to build back in 2016 was uh, bank connectivity. Back then, uh, there was a couple of players down in the U.S. Plaid was starting. I think there were like 70, 80 employees just during the Series A or something like that. Uh, there was uh, Finicity, only and a couple more. Um, but truly, there were no solution for the Canadian market. Uh, and it was extremely challenging for Canadian fintechs to actually access uh, uh, Canadian banks' data. Uh, so we started with that in mind, really focused on building bank connectivity for initially the top uh, five or seven, depending on where you uh, you live in, in Canada, mm. uh, right. top seven banks for me uh, in in, uh, in Canada. Um, and uh, after maybe seven, eight months of uh, working on the product, which wasn't working that great, uh, we 
were able to sign what I call um, interesting logo. Uh, so in July 2017, I think we signed Well Sample. A month after we signed uh, TransferWise, now called Wise. Uh, and a couple of months after we signed uh, MX, the, the banking data company uh, down in Utah. Um, and that was pivotal for us, uh, ultimately attracting more more customers. Uh, and that's something, uh, I guess, uh, that applies to every company where uh, the more interesting companies uh, are using you, the more companies will be attracted uh, to you. So we leveraged that, uh, eventually raised a seed round in 2018, then a Series A in, uh, I think, 2020. Um, and then as we were uh, gearing up for the Series B round of financing, we had a couple of term sheets uh, early 2021. Um, and we uh, eventually decided to, uh, I would say, um, uh, deepen the relationship that we already had with National Bank of Canada, which was among the term sheets we, uh, we were uh, facing back then. Uh, so National Bank took uh, about 80% ownership uh, in the company. So we're now kind of a subsidiary of National Bank, uh, but still independent. And uh, and we've been working with them uh, since then. Wow. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you make it sound um, so, you know, sort of simple in a way. You know, we did this and then we did this <laughs> and then we did this. And yet it was, I'm sure, you know, like every other day was probably an existential moment for a while, right? Like you're trying to do something not necessarily like for the first time, given that others were in the market. Yeah. But starting a company from, I think I remember you, you like your first round was like friends and family. Yeah. And all of you guys kind of getting together to, you know, sort of kick this off from then to now. It's a ton of accomplishment and a ton of work. For sure. I do, I do have a, a fun story back in 2017. I think it was July 2017. We were about to sign Well Central. Um, mm. I think we had $20,000 left in the bank account, um, yeah. which was like for us maybe like two, three weeks of cash flow. Um, yeah. And every yeah. day in the, in the public the channel on, uh, on Slack, you were writing how much money we were spending, how much money there was left. Um, and so it was, yeah. a, we were trying to put ourselves a lot of pressure, um, yeah. and we eventually yeah. had to go back to the old friends and family and ask for a bit more cash. <laughs> well, cause that's, a, I think it just brings such a, a, a different perspective when you have actually had to go through that. Um, and I know that, um, uh, Etan talks about that with North One, like, you know, remembers his last bit of money and does it go to rent or does it go to... Yeah. you know the business like and then now you look at these companies like yourselves and yeah it's uh it's it's um it's probably such a healthy perspective even if you're working in a big company right i think to so be as well. thinking yeah 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 so um so then i mean we, you you said something at the very beginning and i remember when i think i was working with cibc um at the time and you know some of your team came in to talk to CIBC and they, the initial reaction, and I'm not saying CIBC, but just generally from the financial institutions is, well, what do you mean you're sharing, you know, you're <laughs> scraping data and all this stuff. So that was probably the initial reason why the banks were, you know, kind of saying, well, you know, 
what's in it for us because right now you're just taking. And and the reality is like, I mean, the origins of that, you know, that's glo- like globally that's happening. It's not something that, you know, just happened here. In fact, we're late to the game um, with this kind of thing. And uh, um, yeah, like even back in the, uh, you know, Tangerine days, before Tangerine was Tangerine, it was ING Direct. And the only way you can open a bank account digitally was if you shared your banking credentials. But yes. that at that time, that was approved, ironically, yeah. <laughs> um, for them to do that. So, yeah, interesting. Hmm. I do remember sitting down with one of the big banks, uh, probably in 2018, um, and uh, it, it was a it was a cat and mouse game. So they were trying to like put in place some security feature to block scrapers. Then you were finding ways to uh, dodge those security features. Not like that anymore, uh, quite frankly. But back in the days, it was literally a, a cat and mouse game, and. Um, sat down with one of the big banks, uh, two folks from, I guess, the open banking team, and um, big smile on their face, and they asked me, so, how is aggregation today? And I'm like, it's all fine. Oh. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're like, we're uh, up and running, uh, everything is going well, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> it means it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah. And, and my point is like the narrative has changed quite a lot since that world. Yeah. Um, and I think one yeah. realization, uh, us as well, fintechs as well, banks as well, it's that sharing credential ultimately potentially create a systemic risk in the financial system in Canada. You can't yeah. block innovation. You cannot. You cannot block people from uh, yeah. wanting to use this or that application. They're gonna find a way to do it. Yeah. But attacking screen scraping, which ultimately is not something anybody likes. Like we don't like screen scraping. It's just that it's the only way, or back then it was the only way for companies to access their customers' financial data. Um, so I think there was that yeah. aha moment from the banks, whereas. They're now thinking, right, so there's yeah. a lot to be lost. And at the end of the day, when 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 there's uh when there's a, a, a an event, uh, I would say like a unfortunate event happening in, in the system, um people will go where there's money, which is the banks. Yeah. So uh so I think we're we're reaching that point. Uh and there will be a bit of a catch up and I see twenty twenty four as a pivotal year for yeah. uh, the industry-led solution in Canada. Uh, we have yeah. a bunch of uh, announcements to do in the, in, the, in the upcoming quarter, so quite excited awesome. about, the, about the upcoming year. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very impressed with where you guys have, have gotten to with, uh, you know, with EQBank and with, um, obviously, with National Bank and uh, some credit unions and I think just recently... Everlink, and I'm sure that sure the list is longer. But um, one thing, just like as I, I, you know, our listeners are obviously in our ecosystem, and so oh, sure. um, versus like the general consumer uh, or business. But I was um, so I took this part time uh, job as chief innovation officer for this new credit union in BC. I said I congrats. And yeah, yeah, and you know, I told myself that this was the opportunity for me to actually do what I like practice what I preach um right 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 <laughs> yeah Whew. 
<laughs> Amen. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm joking. It's actually it's it's super fun, and the opportunity is huge. Just like I feel like I felt when I was on the other side of the door, but the I was showing some people how I was in my Neo account, and I was showing some people how I could um, add an account, and I actually searched the credit union, um, and it is an inst- institution that I could do that with, and they're like, well, "What does that mean?" And I'm like, well, it means that I can actually, you know, share my banking credentials for that credit union with Neo, and then Neo can actually, you know, provide my service, get my transaction data, and also I'm going to ask them to transfer money. But, um, and I did the same thing with Clear Estate because I started using uh, Clear Estate as a someone who's been through, you know, kind of family, you know, health trauma and needing to make sure that I didn't buy my kids were all going to be, you know, everything was all buttoned down and looked after in terms of, you know, if my husband and I died. But, and I did this exact same thing and they're like, like people just don't understand that we're already doing all of this and that, you know, step one is just improving the way it's happening, making it much more. Yeah. Um, and I think I read something in, uh, Minister Freeland's um, economic statement, or maybe it was a follow-on statement uh, on the uh, consumer-driven banking or whatever they're calling it now. But it was um, it was like something like nine million Canadians are sharing their banking credentials. Yeah, not surprising. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, like at the end of the day, it's probably even more than that, right? Like, how do you actually measure that? I mean, you guys see it firsthand because you actually are in the middle of, you know, the <laughs> where who is sharing what for for whom. But anyway, I think um, it's just interesting that people, you know, it's a hard concept to understand, right? Um, to the layperson, what we're yeah. actually talking about here. Okay, so we fully expect that this is going to come to fruition this year. I. Uh, I actually think anyone who's still a skeptic should probably just drop their skepticism. Like it's, it's a fait accompli, uh, in my opinion, right? Open banking and the regulations um, and all of that kind of stuff. Do you agree? It's all. I mean, like regulation is coming, um, but uh, I'm all I'm I'm kind of always more uh, appreciative of the things we can control, and unfortunately, we cannot control regulation. Um, what I see though, is that uh, most banks, like maybe two years ago, we started seeing a movement of smaller banks, smaller credit unions, actually starting to think, okay, if that is coming, what should we do now? And that's how we started working on the, on the outbound product that Mm. we have today. What we see today is that some finance that have started their reflection years ago are actually getting to a point where they want to implement the solution ahead of regulation because they yeah, see the benefits, yeah. as I was saying before. Um, yeah. And that that's why I think 2024 will be a pivotal year for Open Banking Canada, independently of regulation. What we okay. see is that big banks are actually going to potentially move towards solutions to uh, implementing solutions uh, to answer both their retail clients and business clients' needs. Um, if you think about it, like say you're, you're a CTO of a big bank, 
Um, right now, it's probably a massive struggle for your uh, small and medium-sized uh, businesses, clients to share their information with QuickBooks, with Xero or FreshBooks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's a massive pain point for SMBs. And SMBs currently have other things to think about, right? Um, uh. <laughs> most financial institutions are actually quite ready to um, share their data. Like most of them, from my perspective, have the existing infrastructure to share the data. It's almost mm-hmm. as if they had to turn it on. Um, and for that, what we call last mile delivery, we're generally a preferred partner because we have those companies using us today. They are right. using Flinks today. They're just driving their traffic to the better way to access the data. And it's now up to the bank to better service their clients by enabling those clients to use OWATS direct connectivity or call it whatever. Whatever. Um, yeah. So I think, I think we're there now independently of the regulation. What the regulation did well, or like discussions of a, of a potential regulation in Canada, uh, I think it it has pressured banks to uh, stop thinking about it and start working on it. And that's why I think most of them are, are ready to turn it on right yeah. away. And then, yeah, and, and okay, so that's good. Let's not, yeah, I think, um, uh, I think the break, the, the more important thing is, you know, as you said, like people are talking about, okay, what's our strategy? Are we, you know, are we, you know, going to make this about creating openness? And <clears throat> I remember reading something about National Bank's strategy way back when on, you know, just the idea that um, they wanted to be, you know, the bank that had the most connections to, you know, fintechs and and then obviously that, you know, incomes of flanks but like um this the other strategy is well let's make it difficult you know for consumers until we can catch up uh and have you know all the product gaps filled so that we don't lose customers to fintechs for things we want to keep you know kind of like yeah. so they right whatever strategy you know everyone's kind of focused on sort of solidifying that and then and then what's the implementation strategy to kind of to implement that so let's talk about the possibility the art of the possible um you know and i'm i would love to be able to go to the cto at my credit union and say i want to <laughs> which i will um you just started actually yesterday or share the um, podcast <laughs> yeah yeah i will um he come he actually comes from uh, uh eq equitable so oh cool um he comes from a good place <laughs> yeah 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 but um like the idea that at the very and I, I i've said this like a lot publicly like at the very minimum for your small business customer connect you know provide a secure connection to their accounting software because that sure. is like lights out for a small business, at least when it comes to doing anything, you know, with their accountants or their bookkeepers or, you know, calculating their, what GST payment do I need to make this month? Like all of that shit is super, you know, uh, for the most, not for every single small business, but those that rely on the accounting software, it's super important. And right now, like the majority of them are not stable connections, right? They're, yeah. Yeah. And so that's an easy thing to do from your... 100%. Well, I mean, hmm. uh, 
define easy is always uh, <laughs> the the question, but I I think we're there. I think most banks are there. Uh, I think they can easily at this point, right now, they can easily implement solutions to distribute their data. Um, the other thing is that as a bank, I think the um, the 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 ultimate like decision they have to do is the trade-off. So what's the trade-off if you do this this year? What else they're not going to do this year? Um, mm. But I think once you, once you uh, actually um, uh, uh, accurately thought of the potential uh, destruction using screen scraping and credential sharing that this can have, I think yeah. it's a no-brainer. Like I think, I, I think all of the banks yeah. should have done that like years ago, uh, yeah. and I think they just dodged that. Or some of them have been dodging that question. Yeah, but we should, uh, we should stop screen scraping. I agree. We all agree that we should stop screen scraping. The solution yeah. is not to stop the access to the data. The data yeah. will get shared no matter what. No matter um, what. Yeah. The solution yeah. is to have a secure one, a fast one, and one where those financial institutions can actually benefit from because again a small story like years ago remember sitting with one of the big banks uh we get to the meeting there's like 15 people in front of us we're like two people from flinks um and they tell us <laughs> we want exactly what you guys did for well simple and we're like cool you know let's do that uh there it is it's like it's called aggregation we just like connect other banks to uh to your uh to your system and they're like well it's never going to be accepted by the security team well that's it like the 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 the, 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 the there was yeah. that point where um innovation was blocked by uh the lack of trying to innovate by themselves because they could have said okay fine yeah. we're gonna like secure our own data we're going to provide data to api and in exchange we're going to use uh aggregation to build new product build uh build some some new innovative uh, ideas and this should ultimately pressure the market to change and mm -hmm. um and eventually they decided not to move forward and what happened to wealth sample is that uh they're now at like what yeah. 40 billion dollar under uh, management or something yeah. like that yeah um yeah uh, yeah. And back then they were like at one, one and a half, two. I don't know. So yeah. I, I, I think I think those are things that uh, perhaps to your point earlier, most of the banks were like, yeah, let's just try to kill them. Let's just try to block them. But behind the scene, most fintechs or like I, I, at least one contestant yeah. in every verticals in the fintech industry has been winning rounds against the bank. And now most banks are like, okay, now we want cool products. Now we want to build some innovative stuff. Um, yeah. And yeah. And yeah. I think I think it's gonna result to a better. I don't. I don't know what's the what's the future. Like I don't know how much uh, fintechs will have in terms of market shares and so on. But I think yeah. independently, like the fintech war is won. Like independently of what happens in terms of market shares, I think banks will have to deliver better products. Yeah. 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 And, you know, with power comes great responsibility. Right. And so yeah. like there is and that's part of I think. And now that I'm, you know, sort of working inside a financial institution, I can appreciate, you know, the well, we can never do that kind of mentality. <laughs> it's it's not a um, 
it's not like deliberately um, obstructing it. It's knowledge and, you know, it's like we don't train people to ask, well, why not? Right. It's like, oh, okay. well, you run security or you run this or you run that or you're the regulator or you're this. And so therefore you must know what you're talking about. And so, okay, I guess we can't do that. Like the reality (laughs) is like, (laughs) yeah. And and I think at at its very core, that's what innovation is. It's like, you know, um, when you create something and it's what customers want, you sort of have to ask, well, why can't we offer it to them? Like, yeah. What is the real reason why we can't do that? And it all, almost always ends up being, well, because we've always done it the other way. Like, yeah. and anyway, um, so I'm developing more empathy for those uh, those folks that live inside these financial institutions. It doesn't mean <laughs> that the heat is not on, right? Like they still have, we, yeah. you know, I feel like the sense of urgency is one of the things that, um, that uh, individuals inside of these organizations don't feel enough. And it's partly because, unlike you and I, they don't live outside in the world of, you know, um, new technology and innovation. And anyway, so and 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 I mean, yeah. they've been around for a hundred years, so uh, yeah. well, more than a hundred years. So like, they they know things we don't know, right? Um, and yeah. ultimately, all all of the processes inside the bank are there for a reason, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think like and and we got to learn a lot by working directly with National Bank on on that front. Um, and even though they're come like they're 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 uh, generally speaking much smaller bank than uh, TD or RBC. Um, they they yeah. have a lot of processes, and I think it's great. I think all of those processes are there for a reason. Now the question though is, how do you keep winning in in the market by also respecting your processes? So sometimes it's about yeah. um, it it's it's not so much about what you can and cannot do, but uh, more uh, on how you can do that those and respect your processes. Uh, yeah. Which I think is is a hard question to answer, but I think I think some yeah. institutions are actually doing it properly more and more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one comes to mind. I was really like, I think I saw this uh, a couple of days ago, where Carry is not issuing their cards anymore directly to businesses, and they're kind of moving more into a um, a, a program manager role, like like Brim you know, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. many ways. But the thing about Carrie that I loved was the fact that a small business wouldn't have to take out a credit card that would, you know, be require them to be personally liable, right? Like, right. or have an impact on their personal credit score. Yeah. And I, I know I'm like likely oversimplifying, but the big, the big challenge is, well, we can't really validate you as a business in the same way like if you're, especially if you're small, right? A small business in the same way we could, you know, a commercial business that's been around for, you know, three, five, 10 years. And so we have to have that additional level of protection by saying, if your business doesn't pay your credit card, we're going after you personally. That's just a data issue, right? Yeah. Like that's not a, that's not a, I mean, that, that's a good example of a process that needs to be questioned. Yeah. In, inside a bank. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, well, okay, if you could, you know, get your risk questions answered about a small business, 
do you still need to do that? Which is, I think, what Carrie sort of brought to the table, right? It's like they figured out a way around that. But um, so where is the, where's, where do you see the innovation happening kind of maybe like in terms of horizons? Like, do you think that, you know, the next, in the short term, it's going to be about just being able to securely via APIs and security, you know, frameworks share data? That's step one. Um, or are some people going to leapfrog and go into product-specific things? Like, how's that? I could. I, I don't. I like. I. I don't uh, necessarily see uh, that much innovation in the API space in uh, in the fintech industry in the near future. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm not so much knowledgeable of crypto uh, as a whole, so I. I, I couldn't uh, personally uh, express myself on that. Uh, it's it's something we at Flinks uh, have a look on, but uh, from a pure, uh, uh, I would say, like data sharing and data accessibility standpoint, not from a like a, a potential uh, disruptive uh, aspect to the financial uh, industry. Um, but that aside, I'm personally uh, quite bullish on um, embedded lending. Um, mm. I think we uh, come from. Um, an era where everybody was talking about embedded banking, but I don't mm-hmm. think that embedded banking was actually the right solution for Canadian mm-hmm. consumers. I think most people are much more willing to open up a loan somewhere else than a bank account. Uh, might be wrong, but what I would see potentially happening over the next, I would say, like probably two years is a, an accelerated movement in uh, in embedded lending. I think there's a bunch of opportunities for for the folks looking to start something in that space. I know Fig is uh, is doing some work in that space, but um, there's uh, much more opportunities in that space. And I think from um, from a pure like uh, retail banking standpoint and opportunity, I think starting out with uh, lending products is potentially. Uh, much lower uh, hanging fruit than uh, banking products. I think, like we 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 saw some large uh, enterprise in Canada uh, offering bank accounts, offering a, a prepaid credit card, and so on. Um, I I don't I probably don't have any information that you don't have, uh, but I, I I would assume that it's it's quite challenging in terms of uh, cost of acquisition uh, and uh, retention of customers. Um, when you have a loan somewhere, you have to go there. Um, so I think uh, personally, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a space where I think there's a lot to be made. And is it embedded, like when you say embedded lending, like is it, um, I'm buying, I mean, th- these examples aren't new, but like I'm buying something and instead of using my, you know, my credit card or my uh, other types of like line of credit, whatever, the person selling me the product can give me, you know, financing in order to buy it? Or what kind of it, like where where do you see some of the Im- embedding actually happening? Uh, I think um, from a, my example, like from a, a SMB standpoint, uh, I think like um, the companies that, and we saw that starting with like Stripe Capital, um, but companies that actually are uh, within the infrastructure of SMB are well positioned to offer uh, lending oh. products, lending solutions. Uh, and I think that is that has the potential to compete 
quite aggressively against the bank. Because uh, if we just like take a few minutes to talk about Stripe Capital, I don't know how much you know about it, but yeah, ultimately yeah, sure. Stripe has started providing loans. It's like, like kind of merchant events, but not 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 exactly merchant events. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a for them, it's a risk free loan. They handle your mm-hmm. cash, they handle your money, so you, they have they they hold a full week of uh, transactions. In, yeah. in in escrow in their account um, while providing you capital to help you grow your company. So it's not only it's a win-win-win, but it's also a risk-free opportunity for Stripe Capital. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, that's probably like a, a, the ultimate embedded lending uh, opportunity that there was. Uh, but I think we'll see more and more of those um, in use cases that I could potentially not even think of. Uh, but in the yeah. insurance space, I think uh, we could we could potentially see more uh, more uh, more more products uh, of uh, more lending products. I would say um, uh, happening with uh, retail uh, clients as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind At of the like end of the day, it's of, like yeah, like banking is a bit commoditized. Uh, lending is much less commoditized. Like a lot of people are paying too much interest. A lot of people are uh, Mm -hmm. unhappy with the terms of their loans. Um, And when you can find um, massive opportunity with uh, less risk than someone else, uh, you can end up uh, ultimately transferring a lot of assets on your balance sheet um, Mm. and making tons of money. Uh, but curious to see the innovation in that space. I I, I think we're 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 in a time where, uh, as much as there was um uh, uh, a lot of action happening in the investment space, uh, mm-hmm. I think with the current economical context, uh, the investment space is less prime uh, or ripe for uh for more disruption. It's probably gonna wait yeah. a couple more years. Um, so I I yeah I do see uh, a lot happening in lending. And. Um, yeah. And I mean, the other, the other, uh, thing that just popped into my head when you, when I was listening to you is like a lot of the times, you know, you can't get a loan as a, as a small business. Um, so it's even getting access to an alternative. Um, yeah. Interesting. And what do you think? I have a fun story about that actually. Oh, good. Um, Good. So before uh, before starting things, um, I've had a couple of businesses. One of one of them was called Moose Bicycle. So uh, we're, we're um, a direct to consumer uh, bike brand. Um, still exists. Website is still there. Uh, we sold it the the other shoulders when we started things. Um, and one of the challenge was exactly that we couldn't have a loan to finance the bike. And mm-hmm. uh, building bikes is a is a is really a um, uh, kind of a um, heavy cash business because you have to mm. front in most cases uh, the deposit to build your bike almost a full year ahead of actually having them delivered to your customers. Um, mm. So sometimes you're thinking of like hundreds of uh, hundreds of uh, thousands of dollars. Uh, and I, I mean, I was doing that in my parents' basement, so I didn't have a hundred thousand dollars to cut. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the, the back then, again, we were using Stripe, uh, the risk would have, be, would have been quite minimal for Stripe to front that cash to us uh, because all of the transactions, all of the bikes we were selling were through Stripe. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Um, 
And that's just yet another example of a situation where I couldn't go to a bank and ask for a hundred thousand dollars because I was a 21 years old dude living at my parents. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't give that, like yeah. they could give me 2000 bucks, but that's it. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 there was no easy solution. And when there is no easy solution, you turn to a private investor, private lender, and then it's, um, so, uh, yeah, I think yeah. like, once again, there is a lot of infrastructure play to be done in, in landing and see where you can sit in the ecosystem to, um, to offer a competitive product with a minimal risk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think the banks are going to get get the this fixed anytime soon? Like in their own, you know, like are they looking at the small business um, segment and you know open banking, whether it's industry, you know, sort of led at the moment and or not? Are they going to well, start to say like, well, we should expand our offering to small businesses to make things easier for them yeah. using data? If I was uh, the CTO of a bank for SMBs, uh, I would I would definitely start thinking about it. I think like um, I think if you the, the 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 second you start thinking of the fact that QuickBooks, Zero, FreshBooks could start offering bank account and loan, I know I as know. a bank you should be scared. Um, and it's I'd uh, there uh, instantly. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's like it's same for like uh, I I don't like to say that I spend a lot of money on Amazon, but I do spend a lot of money on Amazon. So the second I have a very interesting credit card offering from Amazon, why wouldn't I go with them? Like it's it's yeah. where I buy most of my things, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so uh, so it's kind of no different yeah. than Starbucks, right? Like if you become this, you know, yeah. sort of addict addicted to Starbucks, then why wouldn't you? You know, they're going to give you rewards if you load your card with, <laughs> exactly. you know, and use your card. Like, the, it's all the same story, just different time, different Kitchen. place, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I, back I, to your question, yeah. I think yeah. banks should try to, should definitely start thinking. Like, I think most banks should, should stop thinking about improving their systems, improving what they have, and think a little bit more outside the box and start thinking yeah. okay where where is my customers gonna go in two years five years ten years and try to be there waiting for them instead of improving interfaces yeah 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 i mean it's a tough problem like this credit union that i joined is is uh has merged with another credit union and both of them are relatively the same size um and you know and i think merging credit unions is a is a huge thing that's not going to stop anytime soon in Canada um and you know my like uh a little bit of what keeps me up at night is how do you innovate when you've got so much technology stuff technology and operations to you know integrate and rationalize and all that kind of stuff like I don't actually don't know I mean selfishly I I kind of want to be able to you know, make the argument that you can't, like, if everybody goes and tries to modernize all their technology before they innovate, they probably won't exist in 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you do? 
Well, that's a good question. I think uh, most people don't have the answer. I don't. I don't think I have the answer. I think uh, like I'm. I'm uh, lucky to be close to a bank that uh, I think has uh, a, a very strong strategy to attack that. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I if I just like uh, put myself myself out of that and uh, start from like a, a blank page on how to solve that problem, um, it's it's. I think like one of the hyper successful thing startup I've been doing for the past 20 years and specifically in San Francisco I think it's it's uh it's something that we call uh the lipstick on a pig um so it's 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 literally to like build something beautiful that will attract customers or in their cases because we're talking about bank they have they already have millions of customers but that will um that your customers are gonna like and improve from there um, and mm-hmm. I know like some of the problems such as like their core banking systems that cost a lot of money and so on, like they're still going to be there, but ultimately you have two options. You either attack your te- technological debt and it costs a lot of money and it might not be a success, um, or you keep building on top of it by kind of having a midware infrastructure to interact between the two. And you bet on the fact that you're going to win enough in the future with your new business that mm-hmm. uh, you're going to attack that massive problem down the, wor- the, the road or simply never. Um, so the big bet to be done is, are you able to use that middleware enough in such a way that you won't ever be blocked from having that old uh, core banking system behind the scene? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a CEO of a bank. I would that that's the bet I would do. I would I would not even think about changing the core banking for now. I would simply try to build on it um, as much yeah. as possible and launch new like when when we kind of like uh, inside things when we look at like uh, market winners, um, the trend we see is a trend where they launch something extremely um, uh, 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 beautiful that users like, and then they improve from there. Um, And there's a case to be made where if banks would approach uh, innovation in the same way, uh, perhaps instead of changing or um, changing completely Mm. their core banking system, they would simply like start slowly building a new one uh, beside that whole core banking. If I was a CTO of a bank, that's what I would do. You know, so many things come to mind. I was thinking about RBCX and all the new ventures and the fact that, you know, many of them can't connect into the into the bank. And maybe that's more, you know, risk or security type decisions and not technology decisions. Because I got to think, you know, if you could connect your Mido account into your online banking in RBC, yeah. you would. Like, there's no te- yeah, technological yeah. reason why you wouldn't. Um, you know, and and... You know, similarly in other areas, I would imagine the same is true because the, the, yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I wonder if those, you know, the banks and credit unions that have this big technology debt, if you haven't started tackling it, it's like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, a hedge, I guess, or, a, or a, it's a calculated decision. Do I, do I start fixing it now in this newly growing competitive market 
or I mean, even checks when we when we first were able to deposit checks in Canada into our bank yeah. accounts. Yeah. The the only thing that existed was the front end user yeah. experience. The checks were still <laughs> they were printed off inside the banks. They were still and processed the same way. Yeah, because they didn't have the ability to completely get rid of a printed check. So that's true innovation. Like that, that's the way it should yeah. work. Um, yeah, yeah. We should do that to our, our payment systems. Yeah. <laughs> Take a picture of the 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we haven't talked about um, the, uh, you know, beyond Canada. And I know you guys have a presence in the U.S. I'm, I don't know, yeah. actually, are you, what's, what's your global strategy? Uh, we're not thinking, uh, uh, for now, we're not uh, thinking to go uh, broader than the U.S. Uh, I think uh, we, like, when, when we started, like, Canada was uh, uh, challenging in terms of market size. But the more we grow, we grow the more we launch new products, like, I, I, I still we're only in Canada, and we're uh, we and, and and we generate uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Like that, that's that's a very achiev- achievable achievable uh, uh, goal for for us at least. Um, the reason we entered the U.S. is, of course, uh, an issue was to uh, expand the, the addressable market, but it's also mm-hmm. because um, we have a lot of wins in some very key verticals. Um, and that we know we can replicate those wins uh, in in the U.S. Uh, the mm. U.S. market is quite similar to uh, to the Asian one. Um, there is, of course, much more volume uh, when you're successful in entering yeah. in, a, in a vertical, in a specific vertical. Um, so so far so good. Uh, we have a pretty good, uh, uh, I would say, a client base in in, in the U.S. Uh, and uh, the the strategy for us is to roll out. The product that we're building here in in uh, in Canada, in the U.S. as well um, mm-hmm. as they're uh, as they're picking up in in Canada. So, uh, mm. but uh, abroad the U.S., I I don't see ourselves like in the next four or five years uh, expand anywhere else for now. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any um, any like market in can like it seems like you know the we hear about new deals being done you know, with credit unions or groups of credit unions or there's the Simcor, you know, um, offering, you know, do you, are there, is there much more space in the market still to, you know, kind of close in terms of the financial institution relationship? hundred percent. I think like, yeah, I, I, uh, like there's a lot of income bands. There's a lot of companies offering, uh, products similar to the initial core product we, uh, we used to only have. Um, there's also like, uh, bigger players now like Simcore trying to ha- come up with an offering for, um, data sharing. I think the, uh, the, our position has changed over the past years, uh, where we're not competing against those, against those organizations. But we see them as potential partners, all of them, even Plan and Yodli and, and whoever else. Um, and the the the, the reason uh, for that is that uh, we trust we have close to ninety percent market shares in terms of fintech usage. Um, yeah. And that being said, uh, we are potentially the best 
um, uh, the best, uh, I would say, partner for hydrogen institutions that want to distribute their data, not through several partners. Most banks are not going to equip themselves with like um, uh, a team to manage the aggregators, to manage the fintechs. Like that's not their business. They don't want that. They want someone to do what they call the last mile, that what we call the last mile delivery. Um, yeah. And since we are positioning ourselves as the best partner for those banks, uh, we're more than happy to help uh, anybody else that wants to access the data. It could be Plaid, it could be uh, uh, Simcor, right. it could be another bank. We don't care. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think I think we we change our narrative quite quite a lot uh, over the years. Can you can you help? Um you know, credit unions and banks with partnering with those fintechs that you have as as clients? 100%. I think like it all starts with providing those CUs and, and banks with the infrastructure to more easily share their data um, mm-hmm. and help them also control their data. So ultimately they can, they know, uh, they know where um, their, their customer's data is going. I think that's quite insightful for them. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we're also, uh, once again, at the middle of the ecosystem, uh, we can, of course, facilitate introduction. Uh, we've done that in the past with, uh, uh one example that comes to mind, uh, a and TransferWise, which ultimately, mm, right. uh, ended up in a, in a partnership. So that was actually an introduction that we did, uh, and drew the CEO to TransferWise, um, yeah. because, uh, EQ banks, uh, my understanding is that EQ banks uh goal was to provide the best solution to their customers without building an international uh yeah. remittance company inside um but i think that's just one example of uh of what we can for, for our partners and and ultimately like hmm. we sit at the middle we do the introduction uh we don't do the business between the the, the two organizations right. like that's right. for them to settle on <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. And hopefully they've they've innovated the way they do that. Um, what about um, uh, like if 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 you're, you know, a credit union uh, or a smaller bank listening to you and they're thinking, well, how long does it take, you know, to stand up, uh, you know, the flanks infrastructure so that I can start doing some of this stuff? Just I know there's no specifics, but like roughly what is the. What is that expectation that you would say to that person? Um, so what, what like, we now have uh, quite a bit of experience. We've done that, uh, uh, like, uh, quite the se- several times uh, over the past uh, 18 months. Um, uh, and what we see is that uh, in most cases, the implementation can take uh, about two, three months. Um, it's not necessarily something that is quite complicated technically uh but we do need some resources from uh from the banks mm-hmm. uh and again from from the playing side as well um yeah. to properly go and connect uh, where we have to connect um and then qa death uh and, and, and from a from a security standpoint mm-hmm. as well uh but yeah within a couple months we can be uh, up and running uh for um for a full-fledged uh, data sharing solution and then um can you also in- intercept any of the sort of aggregation requests and and then sort of lock things down from an API standpoint as part of that? That's another product we're offering today. Um, okay. 
I mean, the fact of uh, helping to block other aggregators accessing it, it's not something we do. Uh, but... Not block, but enable somehow through more a more secure way. So I don't know. What yeah. what we see today is that the some aggregators are actually going to uh, start working with links uh, in the near future. Uh, we're just uh, finalizing those uh, those discussions. Um, mm -hmm. The intent is that they're going to use us for the direct connectivity that we have with the bank. So the more okay. we have those direct connectivity, the more connectivity that they will use as well. Um, yeah. I think to your question, uh, in a hypothetical world where Plaid does use Splinks to access, uh, by example, National Bank's APIs, um, if we were to launch um, uh, another bank's API, uh, the idea is, is, that, is that they would Got use it. us as well. Uh, yeah, back makes to sense. The, yeah, I mean, back to the point that banks don't want to manage aggregators. It's not yeah, their business. Exactly. They don't want to do yeah. that. They don't care about it. So, Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. I know you have a hard stop um, and are a busy, busy, busy guy. Um, <laughs> um, so business is going to be good for uh, 2024? So. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> about it. <Yeah. laughs> That's good. That's awesome. Um, any parting comments? Any, you know kind of wisdom for all those people out there who are trying to figure this stuff out? <laughs> uh, nothing other than uh, uh, anybody can reach out to me. I'm always more than happy to uh, grab a virtual coffee or or, or, or uh -oh. just have a, a quick chat. <laughs> so like, uh, yeah, no, for sure. They can, uh, they can write me uh, and I, I, I'm going to take any opportunity to uh, meet anybody in the Jeez. ecosystem for sure. You can still yeah. do that? Oh my God. How how many employees no, do you guys to. have now? Uh, we're, we're about 150, I think. Uh, uh, we haven't wow. uh, scaled that much, the team, over the past year or so. Uh, we're like at a good size for what we want to deliver. Well, and actually, in this case, I, I almost regretted asking that question because um, <laughs> the number of employees doesn't necessarily mean how big you are, especially in a software. Not at all. <laughs> And data world, yeah, yeah. We talk, we were, we've been talking about that as as a credit union. It's still a measure of efficiency. How much you when, spend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I respect it. I just, it's just like, uh, uh yeah. But you know, anyway. Well, it was great to catch up with you. And um, yeah, those those of you that uh, did, well, you couldn't have heard because we did. We talked about this before we um, went on recording that you've, you know, you've cut your sort of hair yeah. that it was so well known in the zip. <laughs> See? Nothing left. I actually They were I don't part know, of I think the FinTech ecosystem. <laughs> it was. Your hair was part of the FinTech ecosystem, exactly. Anyway, yeah. good to chat with you. Um and yeah, congrats on everything. Have a great year. I'm Thanks. sure we'll see each other at some point. Yeah. For sure. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks, YG. Thanks you. Okay. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Looking for more insights? Visit us at fintechscanada.ca or follow us on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time for more on Canada's latest fintech innovations.